bars, breweries, and wine tasting rooms will be able to open up at Friday at 25% capacity. Jason Scheinthal owns a bar in Houston. He's thrilled. We're not taking care of the guests. We're a hospitality business. Whether we're taking care of their needs here to make sure they're having fun or making sure that they're safe and healthy, we're just going to continue to do the same. So I think it's great news as long as everybody does their part. Muslim authorities say the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem, the third holiest site in Islam, will reopen next week after the conclusion of a major holiday. The mosque could be shut down in worshippers in March to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. And a plague on the Bard's house in London, as CBS's Vicki Barker reports. Tomorrow and tomorrow. There may be no tomorrow for Shakespeare's Globe. Artistic director Michelle Terry says the replica theater on the banks of London's Thames lost all its income when the pandemic forced it to close its doors. So when that income stops, the few reserves we've got in the bank, that's how long you will last, really. In the meantime, the Globe has put this production of Macbeth online for free. Fury signifying nothing! Trying to remain part of the cultural conversation for as long as it can. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. Major League outfielders. Starling Marte says his wife has died in a tweet. The 31-year-old Arizona and former Pittsburgh outfielder says Noelia Marte died of a heart attack. He calls her death a moment of great sorrow. Futures pointing lower on Wall Street right now ahead of the opening bell. The S&P down 7, the Dow down 40. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Truck Talk, sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Social distancing has led to lots of outdoor meetups, with six feet of separation, of course. For those nighttime hangs, why not use your truck to light up the night by adding light bars to your pickup? Install them behind the grill, above the cab, or even to the back bumper. Just make sure a licensed technician does the job. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. At Walgreens, we know summer may look a little different this year. That's why we've made it easier to enjoy the moments you do make with new ways to shop. With shop online and pick up in our drive-thru, or quick same-day delivery on select items with Postmates, you can keep summer going. This week, find great deals like select varieties of Frito-Lay chips for $1.88 and Dr. Pepper 12-packs, 3 for $7.99. Walgreens. Offers valid with card while supplies last. Restrictions and exclusions apply. See Walgreens.com for details. Music venues are fighting to survive the pandemic. Social distancing rules forcing thousands of concerts to be postponed. More from WWT-TV-TV's Melissa Crash in Indianapolis. The last time the doors were open here at the Hi-Fi was on March 11th. And two months later, the reopening date is still uncertain. That has owners worried. If you want to think about urgency, zero to two weeks. You, know, you could have you know, four to five hundred rooms across the country gone. And that includes four or five here. As the owner of the High Fine Fountain Square, Josh Baker never imagined his venue would sit empty for months. Our shows are pretty much gone until next year, February, March of, of 2021. Baker is also the director of the Indiana Independent Venue Alliance, a new coalition to help concert venues, promoters, and music festivals during this time. Those venues and artists have been holding virtual concerts in an effort to stay afloat, but they say they need to be open to survive. Bill Rakoff, CBS News. Can the daily recommended servings of fruits and vegetables fit into just six capsules? Yes! We start by sourcing organically grown whole fruits and vegetables. We ensure they are picked at peak ripeness. All of our produce is third-party tested for pesticides, heavy metals, bad bacteria, and nutrients. They are then washed, cut, and put through an advanced vacuum-cold process which removes the water using pressure. This maximizes the nutritional value while preserving the color, smell, and taste of the fruit or vegetable. The freeze-dried food is then ground into a fine powder without adding any additives, fillers, or extracts. These powdered foods are then mixed in our proprietary blends and encapsulated, locking out air and moisture. The capsules are then bottled and shipped directly to our customers. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code FRUITS.
Introducing Donato's Cauliflower Crust Pizza. Donato's Cauliflower Crust Pizza has 30% fewer carbs than the brand's thin crust, and you can choose from three signature 10-inch pies, including cauliflower heat with pepper jack cheese, jalapenos, fresh red pepper, and plant-based sausage. Or the cauliflower garden with green peppers, onions, mushrooms, and plant-based sausage. Not your style? Totally okay. You can make your own 10-inch cauliflower pizza to your liking. Only at Donato's on East State Street in Athens. Did you know breast cancer kills 113 people every day? That's unacceptable. African-American women die from breast cancer, nearly 41% more than Caucasian women. That's unacceptable. Breast cancer is the leading cause of all cancer deaths for Hispanic women. Breast cancer is unacceptable. Together with Susan G. Komen, we're committed to reducing U.S. breast cancer deaths by half. And we're going to do it by 2026. Visit slash unacceptable. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact free drop off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer. Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at some. 405-90-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Since 1972, Danim Electric has been providing professional solutions at fair prices. Whether it's dedicating a line for your computer, running all new electric lines, installing new lighting, air services, ductwork for distributing the best heating and cooling throughout your home, or complete HVAC system installations for the home or office, Danim Electric can hook you up. Consider a backup generator for those untimely Southeast Ohio power outages. Call Danim Electric, 740-593-8813. That's Danim Electric, 740-593-8813. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia? service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. If you like the feeling of wet clothes going to be happy. If not, get a raincoat, folks. Next day or so, we're going to get plenty of rain. Oh, thrill, right? Boy, it's been a wet spring. 970 AM 97.1 FM WATH party line on the air. Good morning. It's a Tuesday edition. It's May 19th. Yeah, May 19th. The 140th day of this calendar year. 226 remain. Um, today a free for all. Um, we, we have something cooking maybe for Thursday, but I won't tell you just yet. Uh, next week, uh, we will have uh, Ken Winstead on this show to talk about the, um, what is it called, Bobcat Club? I think. D- yeah, well, okay. Fundraising. Um, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be tough, um, or tougher than normal, because... We still don't know the status of sports. 
Are we going to have any football? Are we going to have basketball? All that stuff. And uh, how do you how do you keep the excitement going? And uh, all of that sort of thing. But uh, our job here is not to try to be negative, but to try to be positive and give you the information you need to know. So uh, bear 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 that in mind, please. Uh, once in a while, someone says, "Why didn't you ask this or that of some guest we've had?" And I said, "Because." That's a negative thing. It's, it's um, you know, the people that are against them, they want to bring that point out. I like to bring out things that are beneficial, that show hope and promise. I'll just leave it at that, right? All right. But anyway... Uh, so, th- th- that's a word about a, a few upcoming shows. Uh, our highlight in history on this date of May 19th, but the year 1943. In his second wartime address to the U.S. Congress, the British Prime Minister, who was, of course, Winston Churchill, pledged his country's full support in the fight against Japan. That evening, Churchill met with our President, FDR, at the White House where the two leaders agreed on May 1st, 1944 as the date for the D-Day invasion of France. The operation ended up being launched more than a month later. Our highlight in history. Um... There are many, of course, on any given date. We'll probably refer to a few others here down the road. Um, Today's thought for the day, Jacqueline Kennedy Anassis. Anassis. I I always want to throw an extra T in there. Anastas, but it's Anassis. It went like this. Every moment one lives is different from the other. The good, the bad, hardship, the joy, the tragedy, love, and happiness are all interwoven into one single, indescribable whole that is called life. You cannot separate the good from the bad, and perhaps there is no need to do so either. Jackie Kennedy Anassis. Well, let's see here. David Hartman, TV personality, 85. He's the oldest listed today. Actor uh, James Fox, 81. Nancy Kwan, 81 also. Uh, Concert pianist David Helfgut is 73. Oh, that that makes me think of something that I was doing last night. If I give you one word, Scott, will you remind me? The word is windswept. Windswept. Okay. okay. Then we'll come back to it. Okay, so concert pianist David Helfgott. Um, 73, I think I, I, think I said that. Uh, Archie Manning is 71. Football. Uh, singer and actress uh, Grace Jones, 69. Actor Stephen Ford, 64. Actress Tony Lewis, 60. Polly Parker, another actress, 54. Jason Grace Stanford, 50. Actor. Franchitti, right? Dar- Dar- Dario Franchitti, race car driver. Well, they say former. Anyway, 47. Actor Drew Fuller is 40. Michael Shea, the actor and often comedian. In fact, he 
Isn't he part of the Saturday Night Live cast? I think so. He's 37. And the youngest person listed today, once again, it's an actor, Nolan Lyons, a young man at 19. Good morning. Oh, windswept. I remembered it without your help. Okay, so um, for many years... Okay, let me back up. I studied piano. Well, I'm trying to guess here. I think I had 12 years of piano training. Now, my principal instrument, or shall I say the instrument I liked more and and played more was better at, all that, all that sort of thing, was percussion, a drummer. But I had more education in piano. My piano teacher was a remarkable woman, Opal Gilpatrick. Now, folks, you've been up to the fairgrounds, you know, in Columbus, and you know just north of the principal fairgrounds where, where everybody parks during the fair, right? There's this very large, cool building. And it is the Ohio Historical Society's headquarters. Well, my piano teacher's husband, Meredith Gilpatrick, was the one who was the uh, the top dog of all of that. And he also was responsible for building that facility. Meredith Gilpatrick. Cool family. Now, there were three women in the nation who were particularly well known for a thing called creative motion. There was a Margaret Allen. Oh, these names are so so close to me, and yet I'm having trouble recalling one of them. And my teacher, Opal Gilpatrick. This Margaret Allen, folks, you've probably heard of courses in college called the humanities, right? Um, Margaret Allen was the founder or the original conceiver of the concept of teaching the humanities. And she did so at the University of Chicago. Her husband was the head of NASA. Um, and when you ta- when you start to go through the couple of kids that they had, each one of them was something uh, quite remarkable. But of all things, after her husband died, she wanted to move away. And she moved to Berea, Kentucky. Now we all, I hope, you all know of Berea College. It is special. I believe the original concept, help me if I'm wrong, Scott, the original concept was that it was envisioned for young people of Appalachia who didn't have a means, perhaps financially, to go to college. And yet they would, I don't know, audition or something, and if Berea said, wow, then they found a way to give them a college degree, I mean, to admit them and let them earn a college degree. Berea College is something very special in my heart. 
if you had the wherewithal, that is to say the bucks, to go there and wanted to, eh, eh, it, it had to be more than that. Much more than that. So Margaret Allen went down and she had much to do with the school of music there. And had a home there up on a Kentucky hilltop. And it was called Windswept. I spent 13 summers, well, not the entire summer, but each time for about a week and a half to two weeks at Windswept. Learning this concept of creative motion. as applied to the piano or to performing. Um, and the number of people who were there and because they would house, she had little cottages all around the, the mountain, right? So you had like, um, well, cabins. And they were kind of age-based. So here I was, a young teen, and so everybody in my cabin were guys, young teens. Might be six of us in that little cabin. Well, what I'm, what I'm getting at is when you think back of some of the names of those years, Van Clyburn was there. Um, the notable pianists of that era and even since it this the place still exists just not in Berea the, the group Creative Motion Alliance Creative Motion Workshops still exist and last night I came across it and got reacquainted with some of the people I had known over the years. It was kind of fun. But only the Internet allows for some of that sort of thing, you know. And I don't even know how it got started. Uh, got started, I mean, how I... I came across something. I got an e uh, some sort of email notice. And I hit, you know, to look into it a little further. And lo and behold... Creative Motion Alliance. Well, interesting. Okay, let's see, where was I? Um, I'm going to get all disorganized here. Stay there. I have papers spread out everywhere. All right, so let's see here. Today is a National May Ray Day. <coughs> okay, National May Day I've heard of, but not May National May Ray Day. Three words, May Ray Day. While Scott's trying to figure out what in the world that means, uh, I can tell you the there's only two things today. That's one of them. The other one is National Devil's Food Cake Day. Yeah, not not too bad. Oh yeah. Oh hey, there we are. I know. I just realized I hadn't turned your mic on yet. <laughs> I apologize. That's all right. On May nineteenth, if your name is Ray R A Y or R A E, give everyone permission to call you. Well, Ray is a National May Ray Day. The idea is everyone may call you Ray on this day, instead of Hey, you, or maybe Ray sometimes get called sweetheart or not so nice things. What? I, I'm thoroughly yeah. confused. Same here. Why? The idea is. Th is Ray you know, more, more often used incorrectly than other names? Not that I'm aware of. Well, so should there be a National May Scott Day? Mm, that doesn't fit like Ray does. But yeah, I get I I get your point there. But 
I'm not sure if I agree with that. You okay. know? Um, well, that's... Or a September Scott, you know, the two S's there. Mm. Like that, or Dave Day. It's National Dave Day. Yeah, May, but, Ray, but, but they're Day. saying so that you don't use some other less attractive... Wait. I don't know, but remember the was it a song or a, a comedy skit that uh, was you can call me Ray or you can call me Jay or you can call me Jay Ray? Yeah, I think I do. Something like that. I wonder if it has anything to do with that. You Na- can call me Ray. Na- National May. May Ray Day. Yeah, on May nineteenth. Let's just let it. Yeah, go. I'm trying to get a connection there, but I'm I'm not getting one. Anyway, National Devil's Food Cake Day. That's okay. We can take that. Yeah. You know, like how we had May the 4th be with you for Star Trek? I'm, I'm trying to get a connection. Oh, on. May the 4th. I get it. Yeah, I'm trying to get a I connection. I don't remember that. Of the, oh, you don't? No. We, we were talking about all those Star Trek movies that have been on recently. Yeah. And that's that's why, you know, it was May the 4th. Wasn't that The Empire Strikes Back? Something like that? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't, but... Uh, I'm trying to get a connection with this May Ray Day, if it's anything like that. Like, I, I don't know if it's worth her time, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. All right, let's see. What else do we have? Historical events, 1536, the year Anne Boleyn. Boleyn? Anyway, the second wife of English King Henry VIII. Henry VIII, I am. Hermits, hermits is beheaded at the Tower of London on charges of adultery, incest, and treason. Wow. Heavy duty. 1643, on this date, Massachusetts Bay, Plymouth, Connecticut, and New Harbor from the United Colonies of New England. You know the most important word I left out? They were formed. <laughs> mm. I read, I said from when I meant form. It's amazing how one letter can change the whole meaning, isn't In, it? Yes, indeed. We do have a caller uh, standing by here. Let's see what's on their mind. Good morning. Tickety poo. Tickety poo, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it today. Um, Doing good. A little, tr- a little trouble making out your words there on that cell phone. Try holding it different or something. What's on your mind? What's going on at Fox Lake? It's draining it. Well, let's see, Fox Lake. That's the one just below Albany? No, that's the one there off of Baker Road. Oh, 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 okay, now I got it. Um, well, I don't know, but I mean, I do think there is a certain cycle that every few years on man-made facilities like that, they're supposed to drain them and inspect them and also make sure there's nothing awful inside them. But, uh... I was wondering, I was out there to go fishing, and I said, oh my! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, that that would be kind of shocking. Um, you know, what's... Um, but that's a man-made one. I've I've parked both at the dam end and at the upper end and gone fishing. Yeah. And... and uh, I, uh, yeah, I walked out and got the handicapped dock and walked out on the fish. Well, I don't know, but I I tell you what, that's odd enough that I think maybe Pat and I'll drive out there and take a peek before it gets dark. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, That's all right. If anybody knows about this, uh, please uh, help us out. Call us at 592-6646. All right. Thanks, Don. Okay. Um, That was Don, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know what? 
I'm looking on Facebook here and everywhere else where I can find. I don't see anything either. Okay. But uh, no, no updates or anything on that, but I'll keep looking here. And if I could jump back to the Ray Day real quickly, Sun Rays, to catch Sun Rays. May Ray Day. Yeah, to enjoy the weather and catch that, rays of sunshine. That makes it perfectly clear. Look at all those rays we're enjoying today. Absolutely. And it's in May. Rays of water drops. Actually, it does make it clear. Okay, (laughs) we'll just move right along here. (laughs) Okay, let's see. 1649 on this date, England is declared a commonwealth by an act of the rump parliament, making England a republic for the next 11 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, we'll let the rest of those go. Um, okay, Ho Chi Minh was born on this date in eighteen ninety. Died in 1969. Now, many of you have heard that name, but let's just accurize what it was he was. We know he was some big deal in China, right? Mm-hmm. Ho Chi Minh. Born on this date in 1890. Died in 1969. Yeah, he was a North Vietnamese revolutionary and politician. He served as prime minister of North Vietnam from 45 to 55. And president from 1945 to 1969. Now... Folks, I recently talked a little bit about my military experience, and he died. Now that he died about six months before I got into the service, and at the level I was working, um, his name and his policies and all of that were prominently talked about. And even though I worked on primarily Laos and Cambodia, uh, you couldn't work on either of those without also being engaged in talking about Vietnam. So um, it's funny how after all of that, and then you did it, I suddenly go, duh, I have forgotten. Oh, well. Yeah, that, that long trail was named after him, too, the supply line mm-hmm. of the North Vietnamese Viet, VC into South Vietnam. Okay, here we have one that... Uh, okay, it's Mustafa Kemal Ataturk. So... Born in 1881, died in 1938. I'm going to pass this to you so you have a little bit better angle on the spelling. It's the top row of the right person. On the right, I mean. Right? Yep. There you go. Okay. Um... Now, this would have been his birthday, 1881, he was born. He was a Turkish field marshal, revolutionary statesman, author, and the founder of the Republic of Turkey, serving as its first president from 1923 until his death in 1938. And then he was a good guy. Well, it goes on to say his leadership undertook sweeping progressive reforms which modernized Turkey into a secular industrial nation. Yeah. Malcolm X. Yeah. Born on this date in 1925, died in 1965. Paul Pot. Now... 
I just can't remember. I've heard the name. Uh, he was an, another one that was uh, instrumental in the Vietnam War. He was a Cambodian revolutionary. Well, I had Cambodia. A, I, yeah, well, Prime Minister of uh, the Democratic Cambodia between 75 and 79. Folks, do you ever go through what I go through with wondering why you can't remember something? I mean, I'm not, like, freaking out, like, gee, do I have Alzheimer's or something like that, something that would be really sad. But, I mean, I have so many things in my head, and pulling something out has become more and more difficult, right? Oh, well. Okay. Paul Pot. Yeah. He, um... He basically, he was responsible for the, the deaths of uh, a lot of Cambodians. Uh, basically a genocide, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. It's, st- it's starting to come back. Yep. You just need those retrieval cues. That's what they're called in psychology terms. Well, the um, someone will say, uh, what, what was that person's name? And I'll just have the edge of it, right? Yeah. But I have learned over the years to take my cell phone. And when I enter some contact's name, I will put in different references. So I can search, you know, if if I know the general, I have buzzwords that will help me find it. Which is why I have 6,000 contacts in my phone. Um, and it may take me a moment, but I'll eventually come up with it. All right. So let's do uh, William Gladstone. He died on this date in 1898. Was uh, nearly uh, 90 years of age when he died. William Gladstone. What was he known for? He was a British statesman and liberal politician in a career... Lasting over 60 years, he served for 12 years as Prime Minister of the UK, spread over four terms beginning in 1868 and ending in 1894. Prime Minister of the UK, and I couldn't remember that. See, there we go. Uh, Not during my years, but the point is, even someone that studied history, as we all have had to, you'd think you'd remember Anne Bolin, Bolin, B-O-L-E-Y-N. She died on this date in 1536. Very regal looking picture here. What's her thing? She was the Queen of England from 1533 to 1536. And the second wife of King Henry VIII. I am, I am. I am, I am, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's set these over here. Can we possibly do the morning without talking about coronavirus or COVID? We could, but... Should. We probably... Should. Should. Should or shouldn't. We should with updates and any info or any developments that uh, have come from the governor's Mm. office. Well... Like um, handing out the stricter rules for as, as, overcrowded bars. Yeah, there's. Um, I won't name them because. Well, I just won't name them. But uh, I think it was Saturday evening. Uh, we were uh, cruising around town a little bit, and we went by two places where they were having a wonderful time. And um, when I say they, I'm not talking about college students. I'm talking about people more my age or slightly younger. And this one place is particularly known for that clientele. And I noticed the police pulled up while we were driving past. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm sure, <coughs> excuse me, 
excuse me, um, they were being asked to uh, become more compliant with uh, the social distancing rules. Um, so this morning I gave a little more thought to, okay, once again, now where, where did this all start? And the name that popped in my head was Wuhan, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, but I, so I pulled an item. Let's see who published this. I didn't print every page, so I, I'm afraid I don't know what my source was, but it, I promise you I only pick good sources. So it's entitled, How Did Coronavirus Start and Where Did It Come From? The next sentence, Was It Really Wuhan's Animal Market? They go on. It's likely that COVID-19 originated in bats. Like the, the little flying creatures, right? Yep. But did it then spread to pangolins, 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 and humans? Pangolins. Spelling? P-A-N-G-O-L-I-N-S. Just like it sounds. Pretty much. Now, I'm ashamed to say I don't know what a pangolin is. Um... It kind of looks like an anteater slash armadillo. Okay. Well, I've um, I have some knowledge of armadillos and even a little bit of anteaters, um, but I didn't know that general term. Okay. They're, they're found in Asia. So we go on. In the public mind, the, uh, the origin story of coronavirus seems well fixed. In late 2019, someone at the now world-famous Hunan Seafood Market in Wuhan was infected with a virus from an animal. The rest is part of an awful history still in the making, with COVID-19 spreading from that first cluster in the capital of China's Hubei conference, I'm sorry, Providence, province to a pandemic that has now killed about 211,000 people thus far. Stock footage of pangolins, a scaly mammal that looks like an anteater, have made it onto news bulletins suggesting this animal was the staging post for the virus before it spread to humans. But there is uncertainty about several aspects of the COVID-19 origin story that scientists are trying to unravel, including which species passed it to a human. They're trying hard because knowing how pandemic starts is the key to stopping the next one, right? So there's a professor, Stephen Turner. He's head of the Department of Microbiology at Melbourne's Monash University. And he says what's most likely is that the virus originated in bats. But that's where his certainty ends, he says, on the hypothesis that the virus emerged at the Wuhan live animal market from an interaction between an animal and a human. Turner says, I don't think it's conclusive by any means. Well, part of the problem is that the information is only as good as the surveillance adding that viruses of this type are circulating all the time in the animal kingdom. The fact that the virus has infected a tiger in a New York zoo 
shows how viruses can move around between species, he says. Understanding the breadth of species this virus can inflict, I'm sorry, infect, is important as it helps us narrow down where it might have come from. Going on, scientists say it is highly likely that the virus came from bats, but first passed through an intermediary animal, in the same way that another coronavirus, the 2002 SARS outbreak, moved from horseshoe bats to cat-like civets, something like that, before infecting humans. Okay, so now I've got a picture of one of these um, pangolins, right? Kind of neat looking. They go on one animal implicated as an intermediary host between bats and humans is the pangolin. The International Union for Conservation of Nature says there are they says they are the most most illegally traded mammal in the world. and are prized for their meat and the claimed medicinal properties of their scales. Hmm. As reported in Nature, um, that's a publication, pangolins were not listed on the inventory of items being sold in Wuhan, although this emission could be deliberate as it's illegal. To sell them. Whether the poor pangolin was the species at which it jumped, it's not clear. It's either mixed in something else, mixed in a poor pangolin, or it's jumped into people and evolved in people. This same professor. Um, by the way, from the University of Sydney, was a co-author of Nature Study, that's the name of it, that examined the likely origins of the virus by looking at its genome. Well, we have lots and lots on this, and we could go on, but... Uh, yeah, apparently these uh, pangolins range from... Eight pounds up to nearly seventy-five pounds. Oh mercy! And uh, in length from fifteen inches to almost two feet long. And uh, something two feet long—that's seventy-five pounds. That—that's pretty. That's pretty uh, massive. Well, I was thinking, you know, the scales make up uh, a good portion of their weight, apparently. I guess so. And. Uh, it says these mammals eat ants and termites using an extraordinarily long, sticky tongue. Right. Well, uh, folks, every day at 2 o'clock, uh, or, there, or shortly thereafter, <coughs> in, in, I say, nearly every day, uh, we air the governor's news conference live. Um featuring he and Dr. Acton and uh, Lieutenant Governor and other guests. Um, for weeks now, I've been keeping track of the statistics, and I hope I don't bore you with these. I do refer to them often. So as of yesterday, uh, this is kind of like 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. In the world, there were 4,760,000 cases. That is six one-hundredths of a percent of our population. I keep saying that because it is a very small amount, even though the numbers are massive. Of those cases, there have been 316,000 deaths 
That's worldwide. So of those that got sick, 6.64% died. Now, as of right now, they are saying 1,750,000 of what had been 4,760,000. So 37% of the cases are now recovered. Okay? So those are the world figures. Now let's talk about the United States. Um, as of yesterday, one million five hundred and thirty thousand cases. That represents four, um, tenths of one percent of our population. Of the 1.5 million cases, at this point, 287,000 have been cured, or recovered, I guess, is the better term, which is almost 19%. And 90,263 have died. Now, when we said worldwide, it was 6.64%. Here in the U.S., 5.9% passed. Ohio. And we have a little more data, as you might expect, on Ohio. So here in Ohio, um, yesterday they added... 531 new cases, bringing the total thus far to 28,454. Now, that's two-tenths of one percent. So it's less than the U.S., about half. Um, okay. Now, I lost my place. Here we go. Um, about 16% are healthcare workers themselves that have caught it. 4,553. Okay, now, um, now, as I said, we have a little more specific information about Ohio. So, of the uh, 28,454 cases that have occurred. Let me just tell you, first off, 5,337 have recovered. So 18, almost 19% of the total cases recovered. But of those that haven't, we have... 1,328 people in the ICU. That's 4.7%. We have 3,670 in, shall we say, a more normal hospital room. That's 12.9%. We have 5.8% who have died. That's 1,657 people in the state of Ohio since this whole thing began. And the last figure I have is that there are 16,462 recovering at their homes. Now, you know, we've heard even from day one 
Some people, this is a terrible thing to go through. Others may have had it and not even known it. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that the people who are recovering at home are the more mild cases. What about the demographics? As of yesterday, 53% of the COVID patients were male. 46 were female. Now, you know why you're, you may say, well, why are you missing a percent? There are some people who do not want to declare their um, gender. I don't understand that, but that's okay. The median age, and this has been true for a while now, 50 years of age. Okay, Athens County, we have had nine cases. Remember, we were stuck on four for yeah. over a week. Yeah. But we're up to nine now. Three are considered active. Uh, I don't think we have... Um, I, don't, I don't think we have anybody in ICU. Uh, but... Um, as I understand it, one's recovering at home, two are in regular hospital setting. And of the nine cases, remember early on we had one death. So that's the stats, and I know you probably get tired of hearing them, but... Uh, okay, now, I brought in one more report in Mercy. We only have two minutes left. The states with the fewest cor coronavirus restrictions. The fewest. Okay, so on the other end would be the ones with the most, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so South Dakota has the fewest, followed by Wisconsin, Idaho, Missouri, Utah, Wyoming, Montana... Arizona, North Dakota, and so on. Okay, so we're going to skip down to number 38. So these, this is where it starts to be m more restrictive, right? Yeah. The most restrictive. Yep. Ohio comes in 38th. Let's go backwards. Illinois, the most. Rhode Island, the most. District, District of Columbia, 49th. Massachusetts, 48th. Vermont, 47th. Hawaii, 46th. Followed by Washington, New Mexico. New York State at 41st. In fact, tied three ways with Michigan and Connecticut. And then right after that comes Ohio. So according to the records, they feel Ohio is being extra cautious. I don't mind that. Nope. Not a good time to let down your guard. Let me see here. Okay. Well, that's it. That's it. Now, we had some music queued up, and we just didn't get to it. So, um, look forward to it. Our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH News on the Hour, sponsored by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. I'm Bill Rakoff. President Trump is stirring the controversy over the use of the drug hydroxychloroquine to treat or prevent the coronavirus. While studies continue on the effectiveness and the safety of the drug, White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany says the White House doctor signed off on the presidential prescription. Dr. Conley agreed with the analysis that uh, the benefits outweighed the risk. Um, the president should be taken at his word, and the purpose of this letter was to show just that as it did, the rationale behind it. But House Speaker Nancy Pelosi took a jab at Mr. Trump's weight in criticizing his use of hydroxychloroquine. He's our president, and I would rather he not be taking something that has not been approved uh, by the scientist, especially in his age group and in his, shall we say, weight group, what is morbidly obese.
The World Health Organization has 30 days to show President Trump it's coming around to his point of view, or he says he will permanently cut off already frozen funding from the United States. Dr. David Nabarro is a special envoy at the WHO. This organization is extraordinary. It sets the standards. It maintains the numbers. It tells us who's dying and what. Nonetheless, the organization says it will conduct an internal review of its response to the pandemic to make sure that it did nothing wrong. British budget airline EasyJet has been hacked. We get the details from CBS News correspondent Vicki Barker in London. EasyJet says the email and travel details of around 9 million customers were accessed, as well as the credit card details of more than 2,000 of them. So far, it does not appear any of the information has been misused, but the airline's contacting all customers who may have been affected. EasyJet is not saying just when the hack was discovered or how long it was going on. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. Pencils down high school students who face a deadline for taking exams for advanced placement.